Good morning. I'm Janet Amflit. On a walk through the English countryside during a visit with my in-laws, I came across a grassy and lovely field full of wildflowers. And at the far end, cows. It was a brilliant blue sky day. As though in a trance, I opened the gate, went into the field, and lay down facing the sky. Within moments, I realized the cows at the far end had noticed me and were beginning to approach me. Over the course of the next half hour, they inched closer and closer. And at the end, my face was completely ringed and overhung with cow heads, drool dropping down, <laughs> and their moist breath enveloping me in a kind of sauna of animal earthiness. If you've never been this close to a cow's muzzle, it's soft and it's moist and it's just completely lovable. Their huge, limpid eyes have long lashes, and they are big. Especially when their feet are next to your head, and they're staring down, making eye contact. I honestly don't know how long this lasted. I was both captivated and captured. But at some point, the spell was broken, and they drifted away. I thought about this memory in relation to the word earthly or earthiness. It conjures up the funky and somewhat smelly and slightly terrifying but overwhelmingly tender nature of being alive on our beautiful planet. Good morning. I grew up in the city in Cambridge, but have spent a lot of time in rural parts of New England as well, especially the hills of Vermont, the coast of Maine, and more recently, the White Mountains of New Hampshire. However, one of my most meaningful connections with the natural world happened right on my own block in Belmont. In the spring of 2020, when the pandemic confined us all to our houses, my husband and I were living in our two-family house with my elderly parents living downstairs in the first floor apartment. Wonderful professional caregivers had been coming in every day to help them, but when COVID struck, it no longer felt safe to have so many interactions. And for a little over two months, our household became just my parents, me, my husband, Dan, and my parents' dog, Bertie. Two times a day, from late March to early June, my parents and I would walk around our block together. My father with his rollator, my mother holding Bertie's leash. Between my father's need to stop to rest and catch his breath, and Bertie's need to stop and sniff, the pace was very slow. My mother, who passed away a little over a month ago, 
was an avid gardener, an admirer of nature and birds. Along our walking route, there are several extraordinarily beautiful gardens, including two that are tended by members of this church, Laura Mayer and Jean Mooney. Retracing our steps every day, two times a day, slowly, slowly, we watch spring unfold in real time in all its glory. My mother, though she experienced some dementia at that stage of her life, had become only more attuned to the wonder and beauty of plants, trees, and sky. Day by day, she would note the unfurling of feathery, light green hydrangea leaves, the sweet smell of lilac bushes, the blossoming of peonies, the budding of roses, the star flowers appearing in the dogwood trees. Slowly, slowly, as we circled the block twice daily, she would stop and look, drawing my attention to the stunning beauty and aliveness all around me, and exclaim, have you ever seen anything more miraculous, more hopeful? No, I had not. Hi, I'm Mark Rosenstein, and those of you who know me probably know that I'm a scuba diver and underwater photographer. I think that coral reefs are beautiful. The otherworldly shapes of the corals and pastel shades, the chaos of thousands of fish darting about in a rainbow of colors. It is a place of constant movement and mysterious things that might be plants or animals or something in between. My initial fascination came from that chaos of natural shapes and colors introduced to me through Jacques Cousteau TV specials when I was young. I learned to scuba dive so that I could see it for myself up close. Most people are content to only see this a handful of times in their lives, snorkeling on tropical vacations, yet I keep going back. I have gained familiarity with what I am seeing, learning the names of many of the fish and other creatures on the reef. At some point, I began to wonder if I would become bored when I got to the point of recognizing pretty much everything I saw and losing that sense of being in another world. Instead, something wonderful has happened for me. I have learned to see the drama, big and small, in the lives of the fish and other creatures on the reef. The courtship and spawning, defending territories from others, the life or death struggle to eat or be eaten, Cooperation in hunting and defense, even between different species. Caring for eggs and young. <clears throat> Seeing fish bedding down for the night and waking up in, again in the morning. Although, frankly, I don't need to get up in the middle of the night to do another sunrise dive. <laughs> Once was good enough for that. Um, some fishes mate for life and are always seen swimming in pairs. Until that one dive when I see a singleton butterfly fish and wonder what tragedy has befallen it. Or perhaps I see a rare fish, and rather than just getting excited that I, for encountering something seldom seen, I wonder how this one has ended up thousands of miles away from the rest of its kind, and how lonely it might be. So yes, I find the reefs beautiful, perhaps in different ways for many other people. 
yet the complexity of one of the most diverse environments on earth has something to offer anyone who cares to look, novice and experienced observer alike. Good Sunday morning. So why do these individual stories of connecting with nature affect us so much? Whether in an open field, our neighborhood, our garden, the underwater world, forest bathing at Sandy Island, or standing in the middle of a moving stream uh, feeding the birds. The entire Glasgow, Scotland experience for me last November around the UN COP starkly highlighted the urgent existential nature of the biodiversity, natural resource, food, and resource crises that we face on planet Earth. One core part of the 40 for the Earth that Chris um, highlighted are steps that you can take alone as a family or as a community. Indeed, I would say a critical path for the future of the planet is to help us all align with nature and all of its ecosystems. Glasgow showed me how urgent it is to live not only as stewards of the earth, but also as leaders in enabling all of our current and future generations to live in harmony with the planet. A giant wall mural at Glasgow, 20 feet wide and full 20 feet high, announced climate is nature. I kept being drawn to climate is nature. But what is nature and why is the human connection with nature so fundamental for us? Well, it's certainly different things to different people, cultures, social, social classes, and geographic areas. For Jane Goodall and Rachel Carlson, Carson, encounters with nature strengthens one's sense of awe and wonder and trigger a feeling that there's something beyond humans. This might be what Peter Berger calls signals of transcendence, or what Andrew Davis calls the portal to something that transcends us. Davis feels that the divine dwells in sun, ocean, air, our minds, and souls, yet it always remains more than these. For my own part, I think I feel the presence of a soul of the universe when immersed in nature, in the sanctuary. Um, but for example, for me, sailing up from the Cape, off 25 miles off the coast, up toward Maine, and then about 4 a.m. watching the first, very first loom of the sun still buried behind the horizon, and then the sweet, slow rise of the sun's warming, reassuring, and literally guiding light. Psychologists see the physical and mental well-being benefits in humans and how it catalyzes positive attitudes towards working in community and saving the earth. Educators use green space for teaching. Trainers see nature for exercise. Conservationists know that biodiversity require networks of green space. And activists, is Monty here? 
Activists understand that connections lead us to value protecting the environment and indeed that stewardship provides empowerment and larger meaning to life. Tending to other life is something more transcendent. However, access to parks and green spaces has historically excluded low-income and communities of color, so access to nature can also be about racism. For those who live in underserved areas and neighborhoods, access, proximity, upkeep, and safety of green space are crucial to avoid fear and danger from degraded park areas. About a third of Hispanic children are typically kept inside because of a sense of danger in the outside. Access to nature in cities is a crucial and growing question as cities increase in both size and density. Real estate development, city plans, and technology all tend to separate people from nature. And so this separation will increase with urbanization unless we take clear um, action to change this trajectory. And Today's world population is about 55% urban, uh, but by mid-century, it will be 70% urban, um, a full 6 billion people by 2045. So cities will need much more public green spaces, private gardens, places to feed the birds, the three ways that people in the urban environment connect with nature. Finally, access in the global south can be very different, as Glasgow highlighted, Peoples in the developing world need access to resources more for subsistence and community economic benefits, especially uh, urban agriculture. People, mainly women and children, they spend hours a day gathering firewood um, and water just for basic survival. So how do we act as stewards for encouraging and enabling interactions with nature, model stewardship of the earth for others, and educate our children and grandchildren about the climate crisis. We work with all the human senses that folks have described this morning. Visual, taste, smell, sound, and feeling. Stop to feel the wind on our faces. Stop to look up. Um, Stop to take a breath. We can connect in totally passive to very active ways Where do we connect? It varies widely from inside the movie theater, forests, lakes, the middle of streams. We can build on the fact that childhood interactions with nature are linked to adults' attitudes about acting to conserve and protect natural systems. In fact, we can reach out in community to teach first, I would say, facts about local plants, trees, animals, and creatures of all sorts and their ecosystems but secondly, also ways and processes, how to do things in, around, and about nature and the natural environment, like Nicole Griffin's passion for forest bathing, um, or all the wonderful work you may have heard about now about rewilding the earth. So how might identifying with nature benefit us spiritually or provide some deeper spiritual value? Jane Goodall believed that there is great spiritual power in nature and a spark of that spiritual power in all life. Davis finds that God is in, among, and through the world, in everyone, everywhere, as the intimate foundation of its being and the dynamic source of its becoming. So no matter where we feel a spark, in the underwater world, 
with loved ones in the neighborhood, in the field or sky, in the middle of a running stream. Perhaps by connecting, we can find both joy and meaning and sink roots that will help nourish the earth. In 1798, Wordsworth wrote, and I have felt a presence that disturbs me with joy of elevated thoughts, a sense sublime of something far more deeply infused, whose dwelling is in the light of the setting suns and the round oceans and the living air and the blue sky and in the mind of man a motion and a spirit that impels all thinking things all objects of all thought, and rolls through all things. Therefore am I still a lover of the meadows and the woods and mountains and all that we behold from this green earth. Of all the mighty world of eye and ear, both what they half create and what perceive, well pleased to recognize in nature and the language of the sense, the anchor of my purest thoughts, the nurse, the guide, the guardian of my heart and soul of all my moral being. Amen.